You are listening to the Book Perspective Podcast, a podcast for all types of books. And even though we read all types of books across all different types of genres, we want to give a disclaimer. Many of our books and a lot of our content sometimes is intended for mature audiences. And we don't believe in censorship, but we do want our listeners to have the opportunity to decide if our episode or podcast is good for them. So with that, let's get into the episode. Hey, it's Dominice and Keely, and you are listening to Book Perspective. And this week we're doing Twisted Games, and I'm so excited. <laughs> I love Twisted Games; it's my favorite of the series. I'm so excited. But before that, well, actually, before that, there's a couple of things. One, first, I want to talk about the fact that me and Keely both ended up on the radio and didn't <laughs> talk about it before. So, <laughs> I have. Whoopsie, I'm making noise. <laughs> um, I have a cousin who has like a local radio show and she like is all about community and stuff. She used to do a podcast and then they got her on the radio show. Um, so I was like, oh, it's been like two years, like a year and a half. I don't know. Since she like had me, I was like, oh, like, yeah, let's do another thing or whatever. And I didn't say anything to Keely about it. So <laughs> then I, this week I was like, oh, you want to like record on Tuesday? And she's like, well, I'm supposed to go to this radio thing. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Me too. And then I'm like, is it with my cousin? And she's like, it's her name. And she's like, yeah, well, I can say Lindsay. I'm sure Lindsay is <laughs> fine with a shout out. So um, I was like, that's so funny. So me and Keely <laughs> will be on our local radio in like a couple weeks, probably like one Saturday a piece or something. And when was your, uh, like, when did you go? Oh, yeah. Like, I went at 5, and then she was up, She was right after yep. me at 5.45. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's such a small world. And I was going to shout, like, I was going to tell my cousin about Keely just when I got there. Like, hey, like, she has a bookstore. You should um, interview her. And I, before I could even get there, she's like, yeah, a lot of people have told me about her. And that's so funny. So I was like, hmm, okay, small world. So, um yeah, I was just like, I don't know, coincidental, but so we have to just, I'm going to plug the bookstore. So Keely moved again. We know that. So Ink yes. Drinkers Anonymous in Muncie, come and check out the new store next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know when this airs, but it'll be open whenever yeah. this yeah. is airing. The other thing, Keely, did you watch Sawburn? I did not. I am so hurt. I want somebody to watch this freaking movie <laughs> so I can talk to them about it. It is literally my Roman Empire at the moment. I'm obsessed I'm so deeply obsessed. Like, I'm unwell, and then I love things. I love media. This is why I like books. I love media that obviously it's directed and maybe written. I don't know. It's directed by a woman, but it just has, like, there's so much foreshadowing. Every time I go on TikTok, there's, like, something. It's it's literally like Akatar. Like, there's something new. <laughs> also, the cast is so beautiful. Um, Barry Keoghan is literally the oldest, youngest man you've ever seen, and he's, I love a man who is um, unconventionally attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Jacob Elordi, but it's so good, and I want her to <laughs> make Keely watch the movie. It is like, I don't want to say it's disturbing. I feel like, well, one, I feel like I read smut, so I feel like things aren't disturbing to me that are disturbing to other people. Though, I mean, they are like, you know, some like weird moments. I definitely, I'll give it to them. Like, yeah, yeah, that was that was that was a choice. But um, gosh, if you watch Saltburn, I know this has nothing to do with the podcast, but if you watch Saltburn, say something to me. And give me some, like Josh won't watch it because I told I made the mistake of telling him everything that it was about because I figured he wouldn't watch it. But then I was like, okay, like I'm gonna watch it again, and he's like, I'm gonna put my headphones. On. <laughs> I want someone. To, I, I don't know. I tell my mom to watch it, so maybe she did. But it's not the same. Like I can't talk about everything <laughs> with my mom. So I'm like, somebody watches freaking movies so I can talk <laughs> about it. Um, but anyways, so how was your week, Keely? Busy, stressful, 
ready to be done setting up this bookstore and just open She's painting, and doing inventory, rearranging. All that fun stuff. I feel her pain. <laughs> I do. But it's so nice in here. There's so much space. We are in a new location than last week. I still don't know if this is our permanent room. Kelly's working <laughs> on it. So we might have like an echo now. That's just, you know what? I came prepared today. I got this new mic stands. I have all the, my, first my GoPro wasn't working because we're trying this like video thing. And I figured that out. But I didn't bring the adapters for the mic stands because I thought I was prepared. And then also it took me 30 minutes longer to set up. <laughs> so, you know, I just, it's Wednesday. I went to one of my favorite restaurants today. Kids are supposed to eat free today. And now because it's a new year, all of a sudden their kids don't eat free. Kids have been eating free there. Every, MCL. They don't eat free on Wednesdays anymore. I'm like, that's the only day I wanted to go because of what they have. I'm in the, I don't know. So I'm having an okay week, actually. But today is a struggle. I went back to work this week, and I'm exhausted. And I don't actually even do any laboring tasks. It's just, I don't know if it's like because my mind knows I'm at work. I'm exhausted. But, yeah. I don't know. That was my week. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm boring everyone. Get to the important stuff. Okay. So, Twisted Games by, you know what? I feel like I haven't been saying people's names. But maybe I have been saying authors' names. Last year, last week was Brittany, so I guess that was kind of yeah. a given. But so Twisted Games is by Anna Huang. It is the second book in the Twisted series. Our very first episode was Twisted Love. It was terrible due to me. <laughs> no, we just didn't know what we were doing yet. But um, this is my favorite. Uh, it, it's it's so good for so many reasons. So I can't wait for us to talk about it. So Keely, with the blurt. <laughs> Alrighty. She can never be his. But he's taking her anyway. Stoic, broody, and arrogant, elite bodyguard Reese Larson has two rules. One, protect his clients at all costs. Two, do not become emotionally involved, ever. He has never once been tempted to break those rules. Until her. Bridget Von Ashberg, a princess with a stubborn streak that matches his own, and a hidden fire that reduces his rules to ash. She's nothing he expected and everything he never knew he needed. Day by day, inch by inch, she breaks down his defenses until he's faced with the truth he can no longer deny. He swore an oath to protect her, but all he wants is to ruin her, take her. Because she's his, his princess, his forbidden proof, fruit, his every depraved fantasy. Regal, strong-willed, and bound by the chains of duty, Princess Bridget (laughs) (laughs) dreams of the freedom to live and love as she chooses. But when her brother abdicates, she's suddenly faced with the prospect of a loveless, politically expedient marriage and a throne she never wanted. As she navigates the intricacies and treacheries of her new role, She must also hide her desire for a man she can't have, her bodyguard, her protector, her ultimate ruin. Unexpected and forbidden, theirs is a love that could destroy a kingdom and doom them both. Twisted Games is a slow to medium burn contemporary royal bodyguard romance. It's book two of the Twisted series, but can be read as a standalone. And just a warning, this book contains a possessive alpha hero, explicit sexual content, and profanity. Hmm. I wonder if the first one had... We didn't read the blurb then. I don't know if... I'm sure Twisted Love has a warning. Probably. I... 
this book is spicy. Like, I like it. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good, though. But, yeah. Also, I can manage the GoPro from my app. Who knew? Um, oh, really? <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's just, yeah. So, additional warning. Because, yeah, it's spicy. Don't don't audiobook this in front of just anybody. <laughs> yeah, it did have warnings for the... Uh... Oh, it has more warnings. Jeez. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, general summary... Um, we kind of pick up, if you read Twisted Love, you know that there's, um, if you read Twisted Love, then you know that there's like a group of four friends and we kind of already knew, I'm sure we said it, I think that all of them end up kind of getting a book. So book two is Bridget of the friend group. She is a princess from a country called Eldora, um, but she's second in line to her brother. So she's never planned on like being queen. She's the Prince Harry to her brother's Prince William. And she is in, they're like in D.C., essentially, like outside of D.C., and that she goes to college there. Her bodyguard, Booth, uh, his wife is pregnant. How that even, how did he have time to do that? Right. I'm like just thinking about that now because he's with her in America, not in Eldora, but whatever. So <laughs> her bodyguard is going on paternity leave, and so she's getting a new bodyguard, and it is Mr. Reese Larson. Reese is an ex-Navy SEAL. Um, he works for Christian Harper, who is like the guru of security and technology and hacking and threatening and all those things. <laughs> um, and so he gets reassigned and he is nothing like Booth. Booth was very good at his job, but like he had camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Reese is all business, no play, no pleasure. Very serious. He sees lots of problems with where Bridget lives, like her going the places she normally goes. She doesn't think anything is a security threat. As we know in Twisted Love, I guess this is kind of a spoiler for that if you haven't read it, but um, there's, I'll just say there's an incident that occurs with Bridget that kind of proves Reese's point. Mm -hmm. So from there, they really kind of work on their relationship and they become closer and they kind of work together. Um, And so Reese is with her for several years, like one one to two years, and her brother is going to end up abdicating the throne. So not only does she have to become queen, she's forced back to the country that she's from, Eldora, and Reese has to decide, like, is he going to keep his job or not? However, obviously, this is a romance book. So throughout that time, you know, that tension and all that hate and anger um, morphs into attraction and lust and all of those things. So uh, as the blurb suggests, we end up with a forbidden love with the princess and her bodyguard. So basically, the big thing about the book is it's different than the other Twisted series because a lot of that is like some problems within the relationship, whereas this is more like Bridget has to make her own kind of choices based on the frowned upon relationship that she's put herself in. So that's as much spoiler free. And I feel like I don't know that was a great one, but um, that one's kind of hard. But yeah, so that's as spoiler free as I can get because I'm so excited to talk about it. So if you have not read Twisted Games um, and you do not wish to be spoiled, this is your warning to exit and come back after you have finished. But if you are ready, so are we. So we're going to get started. With our one word. Oh, I'm so sorry. I see. I don't know. See? Somebody. <laughs> Keely remembered. So, Keely, um, if you could describe this book in one word. Yeah, this was an easy one for me. Um, sexy. I, I was going to say hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is spicy. That yeah. Too. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Muy caliente. <laughs> <laughs> let's get started so again this book kind of picks up halfway ish through twisted love 
So Bridget, um, it, it is dual POV. I should have mentioned that before also. Um, it's dual POV. So we start with Bridget. She volunteers at like an animal shelter and Booth is still her security guard at this point in time. Um, he's with her. There's actually this parrot that they call Leather who not only does he mock everything, <laughs> but he says inappropriate stuff. I want to say the first line of the book is spank me or something like yeah. that. <laughs> um, and that's where we learn that Booth is getting ready to leave for paternity leave. And Bridget, again, they remind us that she's the princess of Eldora. And she's very upset because Booth has been with her, I don't know if it says, but like for a very long time. She has a mentor there um, who also is like leaving her job. So she basically feels alone because everyone's leaving her and she's going to have all these new people around. She asks Booth about the new guy and he doesn't really know anything about him, but he knows that he's been contracted out, which is weird. They normally don't contract out to like, a company and normally they hire their own security in Eldora, but he's supposed to be the best and he's American and he's an ex Navy seal. She's just kind of thinking like how she really wants love in a family like Booth. And she's worried that she'll end up marrying a boring man who only likes missionary <laughs> because I mean, we know how we've seen how that looks like for them, arranged marriages in that Royal life of theirs. So that's, you know, that's essentially the trope that we have here. But when they get home, they just like walk home. It's not far. Uh, she says she sees the biggest man she's ever seen, and he is hot. <laughs> Six four, sculpted body, long collar length, black hair, and steely gray eyes. That is Mr. Reese Larson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, and literally, like he's already angry, broody. He is a grumpy. I don't know. Bridget, Bridget's not like a sunshine, sunshine, but she's not mean, right? Um, and so he immediately is like, your house is a security nightmare. You need to move. <laughs> and she was having butterflies at this point, but she's like, those are gone. So they immediately start arguing and he doesn't call her your highness, uh, which she doesn't actually like when people call her your, your highness, but it's just like noted that he doesn't immediately go to that professionalism. And he's already like pretty condescending to her. Booth is like, let's just go inside, like get acquainted. We'll talk about her schedule, you know, calm everything down. Reese basically tells her like, you're not my first or my last Royal. I've never had a client be harmed. And she says, why? Because of your charming personality. <laughs> he says, I don't get involved in clients' personal lives. I'm not, he basically says like, I'm not your friend. I'm not your confident, confidant. And my clients do what I say when I say it because he knows best. We switch to Reese. He already is like, this girl's going to be the death of me. <laughs> we know we fast forward about two weeks and she basically does the opposite of absolutely everything that he wants and doesn't take any of his security concerns seriously. He gets introduced to the rest of the group. So that's Jules, Ava and Stella. And of course he's run a background check on all of them. And he knows that Jules has some kind of history in Ohio and spoiler here. It's just like a plug for book three, which is Jules book. Um, and he just already, like, most people can't stand Jules. She's, like, sassy, smart mouth, purposely annoying, like, to, like, get under your skin kind of thing. Bridget tells Jules that Reese is too old for her because she's like, oh, you're hot. Like, they're at the table. She's actively talking to Reese, like, <laughs> oh, you're hot. They call her, this is kind of a spoiler, but she's basically referred to as, like, Jessica Rabbit type of character. So she has no problem hitting on men or, like, you know. She has the upper hand. She knows her power. Mm -hmm. And so Bridget's like, yeah, he's too old for you. Jules asks where Alex is because Ava's there. And we all know Alex doesn't let Ava go anywhere without him. <laughs> and Ava's like, oh, he won't make it. And Jules is like, yeah, he will. 
and I like immediately Alex walks in like oh yeah I canceled my meeting or like it ended early like <laughs> Alex stop you've probably been sitting in the parking lot for 30 minutes <laughs> Reese does not trust Alex Volkov like he he's ran a background check on him he knows everything um, that he publicly can probably know about Alex Alex um, and Ava end up like leaving and the rest of the girls end up like going and dancing and stuff so he's sitting at the table alone and he can't keep his eyes off Bridget and he tells us like he's been assigned this job by Christian Harper. He really wants to quit actually because he's he's lusting after her and like that's he only doesn't have those feelings. And he sees a guy go up and touch her after she's told him <laughs> no. And Reese like immediately is alpha protective male, so he goes up to the guy and like threatens him. But he realizes Bridget's actually kind of handling it on her own, which he like makes him smirk a little bit, and he's proud of her. But he. <laughs> The guy calls Bridget a stupid cunt and Reese like grabs him and makes him apologize. And then he says, so the guy's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, you're sorry for what? And he's like, I'm sorry for calling you a stupid cunt. And then he goes, and then you're going to say, I'm sorry for being a lip dick idiot who doesn't know how to respect women. <laughs> so the guy says it like, <laughs> I love Reese. This, I love this book not only because like it's romantic, but like Reese is, so like condescendingly mm -hmm. like dry humor like it's perfect and this was a point where i was like mm, yep i love him already yeah i <laughs> i love a man who hates everyone but his woman <laughs> <laughs> so they actually him and bridget have like a pleasant conversation after this and they're both kind of surprised that they are pleasantly conversing for the first time in two weeks and bridget offers him a drink but he says he doesn't drink or smoke he never has never plans to we go back to bridget she is living with Reese and that's getting to her obviously like we got this hot muscly man walking around <laughs> I mean I get it I, I, I'm weak in the knees I would have followed it too a lot quicker than Bridget it's okay. <laughs> so she wonders why he's like always covered up in clothes though like he doesn't even like walk out of the bathroom with his shirt off she's <laughs> she's pretending to read a book <laughs> she's pretending to read a book and even though she's like mentally thinking about Reese and Reese is like, oh, how's the book? Because he like just worked out and she was watching him work out. And he's like, how's your book? And she goes riveting. And then he tells her, he goes, princess, because he calls her princess and says the book's upside down. <laughs> and I've seen that like. Yeah, I made a TikTok, TikTok today. I made one today too with that. Too. Yeah. And it's, it's like, so where is that from? So when it came, I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, okay. It's perfect. <laughs> And everyone around her pretty much loves Reese, but Bridget. Like, she doesn't get, like, I mean, the man's hot. Like, I don't know what you don't get. So she goes to the shelter again, and this time he goes with her because Booth's <laughs> gone. And he tells her that he's surprised that she volunteers. He only refers to her as Princess, which I just said, and she only refers to him as Mr. Larson. So that's <laughs> that's as far or as close and cuddly as they get. He tells her that she's different than the other royals he's guarded and she tells him she she volunteers basically because her mom loved animals and i don't know exactly sometimes i jump around but bridget's mom actually both her parents are no longer with her um her mom died at childbirth with her he tells her that he understands like her reason for doing it and then the parrot leather goes spank <laughs> me master <laughs> And Bridget says, like, Reese literally, like, stared down this bird. And for the first time ever in the history of histories, the bird shut up. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
she asks Reese if he's excited to go to Eldora for the holidays, and he says it's not a vacation. And then they're like walking on their way home, and suddenly he like pushes her in an alleyway up against like the the wall, and this car like speeds by, which the car really didn't have anything to do with her. But he's so like on when it comes to security. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, like, you're not allowed to walk home anymore. And he's like, fire me if you don't like it. But she actually can't. She doesn't have the choice to choose her security. We go back to Reese. They are in Eldora. The city of Eldora that they are in is called Athenburg. That's the capital, I'm assuming. And they're actually in the cemetery so she can see her parents. So I just said her mom died of childbirth. And then her dad died when she was very young. Um, He got in a car wreck. So... While they're there, Christian gets a message from, or Reese gets a message from Christian, and (laughs) Um, Christian basically says, like, you know, I can get you a name whenever you want, and Reese says, I don't want a name, Um, I don't like Eldora, and he goes, I've gone 31 years without knowing, and I was like, knowing what? Like, what have you gone 31 (laughs) years without knowing? And what does that have to do with the fact that you're in Eldora? So, hint, hint. He grabs um, a paparazzi that he sees lurking around the cemetery, and he literally is like, you can delete that. The guy's like, no, so he demolishes his camera. And Bridget recognizes the guy. She says, oh, he's from, like, a trashy tabloid. And Reese kind of just talks to her, like, about her parents and everything, and he tells her he never really had parental love, but he can relate to Bridget's loss. And he says that it's because he lost a lot of his military buddies, And he says to us, like, since he's the reason they died. And I was like, question mark, question mark, question mark. And basically, he left the Navy because he just couldn't take all the death anymore. And then that's when Christian recruited him. He literally recruited him, like, the day that he came home from the Navy. And he smiles, which is weird for him, because he's starting to feel things that he doesn't (laughs) understand. (laughs) And he, like, shoves those emotions down. We go back to Bridget, and she says their relationship is hot and cold at this point. They are um, back in the United States, and they're at a restaurant. They went to an event. Or no, they're still in Eldora. They went to a restaurant after an event, and she's telling him that when they get back home, she wants to go to this concert that a band that she likes is having. And he's like, well, I'll check it out to see if you can go. But she's like, "Uh, I already bought the tickets. And she's like, I am not your child. (laughs) And then she remembers back to the conversation they had at the cemetery, and Reese tells her basically, like, not, I think it's at this point, not only did he leave because of the death, but he has, like, a, safe, a severe form of, like, PTSD. And so she thinks about, like, you know, all that, that conversation, and she feels bad, and he tells her, like, look, it's not worth you going to the risk if it's going to be dangerous. We switch back to Reese, and it's been a month, and he has basically told her, like, you can't go to the concert, it's not safe. So what does Bridget do? And we know this from the book, from book one, from Twisted Love. So her and Ava snuck out and went to the concert, which actually the concert was fine. Uh, But they get kidnapped because at this point, Alex's uncle in book one is kidnapping Ava to try to get to Alex. And uh, Bridget just happened to be with her and got kidnapped, which he's an idiot because like you should have kidnapped one of the other friends. (laughs) Right. You should have done it when Bridget was there. Um, So he like basically lays into her about, that when they get home that night Ava ends up staying because also as we know in book one Alex basically pretended like he didn't care about Ava to get his uncle off his trail and then he ends up killing his uncle and all this stuff but obviously because we have to have a miscommunication trope Ava and Alex don't talk and Ava ends up coming home distraught with Bridget that night 
Um, so Bridget tells Reese, like, look, I know I made a mistake. And he's like, yeah, you don't even know the half of it. And literally rips into her. And she's like, the concert was safe. It wasn't the concert. And Reese is like, look, I can't tell you where not to go. Like, at the end of the day, you're you're the boss, basically. So he's like, I would have been with you if you hadn't snuck out of the house. And then that never would have happened or I would have gotten to you. Because, like, she's got, like, scratches and bruises and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And he's really pissed about it. And... He tells her, like, he put a tracker in her phone, which is how he was able to find them anyways, because basically him and Alex both end up there, like, at the same time or something like that, um, and that's how they end up saving them. So she's pissed about the chip, and he's like, if I didn't do it, you'd be dead. So, and he has fair points. I'm team Reese, so there's that. He also realizes, after as they're having this argument, that he's, like, kind of turned on by this whole thing, <laughs> um, which is extremely strange um so Bridget's like look let's compromise like she wants him to take out the tracker and she says I promise to do whatever you want me to do and so he notices that like she looks turned on too like her nipples are showing and like she's flushed and all these things um so he like agrees to this compromise which is basically they'll do a four-month trial and if she doesn't do absolutely everything that he says that he's literally going to handcuff her to him (laughs) and he also doesn't end up telling the palace about it because she basically is like you cannot tell the palace because he knows and she knows if they find out that she was kidnapped she's going home immediately Mm -hmm. um and reese is gonna get fired but she's going home immediately and neither one of them want to lose their freedom like that so he agrees so we go back to bridget and we are in month one of the trial he literally gives her a bulletproof vest He did remove the chip, like, for this trial. So he gives her this vest, and she's, like, basically telling us, he's basically just trying to do all kinds of crazy stuff that's going to make her break so that he can get his way. (laughs) So she decides we're going to go on a shopping spree for revenge. And so she goes, like, to this one place. She ends up trying on a dress. She gets the wrong size. It's too small. And literally, her arms get stuck, like, straight up above her head trying to get the dress off. And so she's in there for, like, 30 minutes trying to get this dress off. And she's like, um, can you get, like, one of the workers? He's like, yeah, they're at lunch. And the other one has, like, a 20-person line or something like that. So he comes in to help, but she's basically, like, naked from, I mean, she's got her underwear and stuff. But she had, I mean, she was trying to close one. So she's basically half naked and embarrassed. And she kind of gets irritated because he doesn't even seem to pay any attention to the fact that her naked body is on display. And he tells her that the vest was actually just a test to see if she would do <laughs> what he asked without argument, which she was wearing it, but then she was like making him do the shopping as like revenge. And he tells her, I'd rather you hate me alive than love me dead. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> we fast forward a little bit and we're still with Bridget and we're now on month three. She wanted to go to a music festival with her friends. Obviously, Reese said absolutely not. So she cannot go. Jewel says it's bad he's ruining he's running your life and you're not even getting any she says you're not even getting any <laughs> dick from it <laughs> um which I understand so on the day of the festival on the day of the festival she wakes up and goes out into her living room and it's literally decorated with a tent and like pillows snacks and the, the festival is on the tv and Reese tells her that Jules basically came the night before when she was in the shower and dropped all the stuff out off to like give it to him so he could set it up so she spends most of the day watching the concert and then finally she's like, can you come in that tent with me? Because like she's lonely. It's not as fun even though all that stuff was set up. He tells her that he doesn't actually like music so she asks what his hobby is and he says it's drawing. He started doing that in therapy to help with his PTSD. I think it's C-PTSD. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't remember what the C Complex. Called. Complex, yes. He tells her that... Um, <laughs> He 
tells her that whenever she gets mad, her face looks like a strawberry. <laughs> and <laughs> she says, at least I'm not afraid to get surgery for the permanent, um, what is it? The permanent, basically the permanent stick up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes him laugh for the first time. And she says that his, what is going on outside? There's, today is a very strange day. It's just, it, is there a full moon? Are we in, are we in retrograde? <laughs> we got to be in one of those things. Okay. So he smiles and she says his smile is like devastating. It's not even just gorgeous. Like he's devastatingly handsome and her butterflies are back. <laughs> Jules calls during the festival and Bridget's like, Hey, like, thanks for like everything you did. And Jules has absolutely no idea what she's talking about. So she realizes that Reese lied and he really did all of this himself. So sweet. And her butterflies just keep growing and growing over the next <laughs> few weeks. And her trial ends on graduation day. Graduation day is like all the gangs there. So Josh, who is Ava's brother, is there. And him and Jules argue and bicker all the time. Jules and Stella are going to end up staying in D.C., which is kind of like around where they live now. Ava is actually going to London, which this is, again, like close to the end of the Twisted Love Mm -hmm. book. So that's when she goes to her externship or whatever. And then Bridget is going to be moving to New York. Because Bridget majored in like political studies or something, you know, something that relates to being a queen. (laughs) So she's going to New York because there's like, she's like ambassador or or something like that. Reese takes her out to an Ethiopian restaurant that night for her graduation. And she takes opportunity to make him answer questions. So we learned that his favorite food is sweet potatoes. And obviously his favorite color is black. (laughs) (laughs) He won't answer any questions about his family though. And she tells him like, I know Jules didn't help you with the indoor festival. And he says, it's not a big deal. And she says, you don't even like me. And he says, I never said that. He tells her he did it because he understands what it's like to be alone. So after dinner, they go to a park and she thinks about how he never actually made her wear the bulletproof vest. And he tells her that she's actually been more careful lately. Um, I'm pretty sure being kidnapped probably scared her. So hopefully my computer doesn't blow up or sound like that on the <laughs> So she yawns and he's like, okay, it's time to get you to bed. And all she can think about is him taking her to bed. But a gunshot goes off and he covers her. He basically grabs her and they run for cover in the trees. And they realize they can't get back out of the park without passing the shooter. So Reese literally like goes up, handles the guy because it's taking the place too long to get there. And the shooter shoots at Reese. Reese shoots at the shooter. um, Reese gets like grazed and the shooter goes down. So we go back to Reese and he is getting on her because as he went to go like deal with the shooter, of course she started like coming out or after he shot him, she comes out because she's like, oh my God, you got shot. And he's like, I told you to stay. (laughs) Like, you know, you never know if the killer's dead. You got to stay back. Right. She did not watch any horror movies. I know. You got to make sure. (laughs) Off with the head. (laughs) Um, But... She basically was like, you know, I thought you got shot. I thought you were going to die. And he's sitting in the back of an ambulance getting bandaged bandaged up. And he tells her that he actually uh, saw a friend of his die when he was a kid because he grew up in a pretty bad neighborhood. And basically the shooter, there was like a dad and a son that the shooter was aiming for. And that's really what triggered it for him. We go back to Bridget. She gets in her apartment. It's in Greenwich Village. And we skip ahead in time. We do a big jump. So it's been two years now since Reese has started. And it's been one year since she moved to New York. She's gone on a date with the son of a French ambassador. And literally the whole time, Reese like growled and looked mean. He hates the guy. Reese says that, (laughs) Reese says the guy was wearing shoe lifts. And (laughs) I just, 
she basically has no chemistry with that guy anyways. So, like, she's not mad about it. But she tells Reese, like, you scared him off. And Reese says if he scares that easily, then he doesn't deserve you. <laughs> Facts. He basically has run off every date she's had in the last year. And he tells her that her love life is in the dumps. And she says, you don't even have a love life. He says, I don't date. And she is kind of surprised because, like, he's off duty at night. So he can do whatever she, whatever he wants to do. And she thought that, you know, he spent his time with a lady every now and then. But she's kind of relieved. And then she goes, have you been celibate for two years? And he smirked and says, are you asking me about my love, my sex life, princess? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he goes, dating and sex are different. She also, like, thinks to us about how she hasn't had sex. And she says that, um, basically, she tells him, like, I can have casual sex, too. And he goes, okay, so when was the last time you did that? <laughs> <laughs> and she basically is like, okay, she's getting flustered. So she's like, I'm going to use my princess training to calm down, take control of the situation. And she tells him that she won't answer that. Good night, Mr. Larson. <laughs> but she gets interrupted by a call, which is, um, it's from her brother. And it's unusual because he never calls. And it's like probably nighttime or something there anyways. And he tells her that their grandfather has collapsed, who is the king currently. And he doesn't know if he'll make it. So we switch back over to Reese. They're on their way to Eldora. And Bridget's basically telling him, obviously, how important her grandfather is. That's the only parent that she has had and ha the only person she has left next to her brother. He thinks about how different she is from what he expected her to be as a princess. And all he can think about is having sex with her <laughs> and tells her because, like, they're having this conversation and she's looking at him. He's looking at her. And he's like, you need to stop looking at me like that unless you plan on doing something about it. <laughs> Woo! So he does, he thinks to us like he has been celibate this whole time, even though he like played it off with her. And it's because he doesn't feel anything for any of the women that approach him. And he literally can only get aroused by Bridget. So that's a dilemma. <laughs> he can tell that she's turned on for him too and tells her like, okay, ask me questions, distract me, whatever. They're, I think they're on the plane at this point. And so she asks him about his family again. And he tells her that his mom had a drug overdose when he was eight. He literally came home from school and found her face down in the spaghetti and that's pretty terrible. I don't know if it's spaghetti. I might have made that part up. No, but, I think you mentioned spaghetti. Okay. I was like, I, I think so. Up? I think that's, I know it was food. And he says, like, of course she's like, oh my God, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. And he says, like, don't feel sorry. My mother was a bitch. And her name was Deidre or Deirdre Larson. So that was his mom. We go back to Bridget and they make it to Eldora, find her, grand his, her grandfather, who's perfectly fine now. And she's at the hospital. Her brother's out in the hallway because he said that he was hovering too much and their grandfather kicked him out. <laughs> she doesn't see her brother often and she knows he's dating an American flight attendant, which is frowned upon because he's going to be king. And in Eldora, they not only do they have to marry someone that's Eldoran, they have to be like of a noble bloodline also. So an American flight attendant is not that. And Bridget's actually worried like that she's going to end up like wanting to do the same thing. Because even though Bridget's not in life, like not going to have the throne she still can't marry whoever she wants. All she can think about is her dad when she goes in to see her grandfather because she can remember seeing her dad in the hospital. He had all those like machines and tubes coming out of him and not waking up. And she says her dad literally had gone out to get popcorn for her and him and candy and he just didn't want to send someone to drive because he said like, I can drive myself. And he literally got himself, like he got in a wreck and died. So for Bridget, it's really hard because she feels like everyone's died because of her. She feels like she mm -hmm. killed her mom in childbirth and then her dad went out to get them snacks for her and he died too. So she really struggles with that guilt. 
her grandfather tells her like you didn't need to come and they end up releasing him after just three days and her and her brother are really trying to make her her grandfather delegate more so you know we all know those type a people like myself and, and, me. <laughs> and we have to learn to delegate or we're going to stress ourselves out so when they get back to the palace her and her brother go out like on a horseback ride and Nikolai is her brother's name. He scolds her for living in America because she barely ever comes home. And she says, like, well, I can be normal over there. She's not Princess Bridget. Like, no one at school knows that she's a princess. I don't know how. Right. I have no idea how. But okay. I guess no one knows that. Obviously. And she has security. Like, you have a bodyguard. Right. That would make me immediately, like, who is this girl? And you would think that, you know, it'd be all Bridget over the Von press. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not a normal name. And yeah, I, I'm sure every now and then she hits the papers. I don't know. But hey, whatever. So she's normal <laughs> over there. And he tells her that they were born for this. And he starts to look really sad. And he tells her that he's sorry. And she's like, for what? And he says that he asked Sabrina, which is his girlfriend, to marry him. And he basically had told their grandfather. And that's what caused their grandfather to collapse. And he tells her that he's advocating because he's not allowed to marry a non-noble and that Bridget is going to be queen. That, that's a lot to drop on somebody. Yeah. And she's like, when? And he's like, a month or two. She won't be queen in a month or two, but she will be mm-hmm. next, in line. next in line. Mm-hmm. He'll do his, he's going to do his announcement in a month or two. So he basically rides off. She ends up staying behind and it's getting ready to storm. And when she starts to head back on her horse, she literally whacks her head on a branch and everything goes dark (laughs) so reese is at the palace and he's actually sketching it was the first day that he felt inspired to sketch in a long time and all he can see is bridget bridget went out horseback riding with her brother nikolai and nikolai's back and there's no bridget so he's like where is she so he starts asking the staff and they're like oh like i'm sure she's in the palace so they spend like 20 minutes or something looking he's like yeah no so he gets like a golf cart or something and he goes like looking for her he's looking on the trail it's raining he's looking for like 10 minutes and he finally finds her like laying on the ground with a bruise and blood on her head so he can tell she got whacked in the head he's pretty sure she has a concussion and he's like i am going to murder that deputy security chief (laughs) because he basically delayed them looking for her he takes her back and gets her looked at and they say she's fine she just needs to rest and take it easy and he asks like what happened because nikolai had basically said that she had ran off and she says nothing and he tells her that she needs to be more careful he wouldn't know what to do if something happened to her and he said and she says because of your job and he says yes lies 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 we go back to bridget and it's been a few um or for the next few weeks she basically is kind of she's not on bed rest but she needs to take it easy and she has this like rooftop hiding place and she's up there there's like two chairs and he and reese pops up (laughs) and she's like how did you even know about this he's like i'm an ex navy (laughs) seal darling like i know where everything is he didn't know she was there but he just was like wandering around he asks who does she bring up there because there's two chairs and she says no one she just hoped that one day she would be able to bring someone up there and he asks her if she wants him to leave her secret spot and she says no He says he heard they were leaving soon and she says yes she has to go back and wrap things up before she moves back to eldora and she hadn't told him this yet so that comes as a surprise she tells him she's moving back to be closer to her grandfather um but it's really because she has to start her queen training because she hasn't been prepared for that because she was not first in line reese looks really hurt because he says she won't need him when she gets back because the royal guard will be there but she says that she does 
she thinks about all the things that Reese has been there for with her and tells him like, well, we have a month and then you're going to just leave. And he says, maybe you'll get Booth back. And she says, good, because he was the best she ever had. And she can tell that hurt Reese, but she's trying to hurt him to, you know, soften the blow. So the next month we go back to um, Reese's POV and the next month is pretty cold between them, which is their last month together. He says, she's been acting really reckless since they talked on the roof. Right now she's on a date with Vincent Howes and he is ready to murder the guy. Um, and Bridget is like super drunk. Also, she's wearing like some super short dress, these like sky high heels. And he says she looks amazing. And <laughs> he says that Bridget had said like she didn't even like him. But then he's like watching them dance and Vincent like grabs her on the butt. And Vincent, uh, so he goes up there and obviously is like unhand her. <laughs> and Vincent is like, who are you? And Bridget says, <laughs> he's no one. You can go back to your post. Ouch. <laughs> so Vincent's like, oh, you're the bodyguard. And he's like, oh, I'll take good care of her. And Reese literally grabs his shoulder and squeezes until he hears the bone crack. <laughs> and it's like, Bridget, it's time to go home. And she's like, you know what? That's a good idea. And says, I'll leave with Vincent. Take the night off. Ouch. So Vincent is like, yeah, I'll bring her home in the morning. And <laughs> so Reese is like, he's like, I put on a smile and said in my like scariest smiling voice, he's like, you're going to walk away and never think, talk or touch her again. And so Bridget's like, what is your problem? And he tells her like, you're acting like a spoiled brat. And she says, I'm having fun and you can't stop me. He tells her, you can either walk out of here like an adult or I'll throw you over his shoulder. Which makes me think, when I was like thinking about TikToks, I saw um, what, the president's, was it the president's daughter? You know that movie? Mm -hmm. And it's the her and the bodyguard. Yep, and he yep. does the same thing. He like, yeah, it's literally that. It's literally <laughs> that same scene. Someone had like posted it and I was like, that's exactly what it is. And so Reese is like pretty pissed off because he's like, we've wasted all this time, which are our last moments together and we've been fighting the whole time. And he asks her, like, why are you acting out like this? And she says, because I want to act my age and because what happened with her grandfather. But he knows that there's there's something else. Like, there, mm -hmm. there has to be more to this. And she asks, like, why are you acting this way? And he says, or she says, why are you acting this way? I thought you didn't get involved in your clients' lives. Which she has him there. Mm -hmm. And she says, maybe you want to be in those guys' places and ask, do you want me? Yes. yes. We love drunk Bridget. <laughs> He tells her to be very careful what you do next. And she says, why? And like comes up and touches his chest. And he literally, at this point, they've gotten home. So I don't, at some point during this conversation, they get home and they're like in her room. So he like grabs her, spins her around and like bends her over her dresser. I'm dead. I'm deceased. <laughs> I have folded. I'm unwell. I'm, I'm nothing at this point, but okay. And he like grabs her like kind of by the throat. And he says, <laughs> He said, you should be scared because you're right. I do want you, but I don't want to kiss you or make love to you. He's like, basically, like, he wants to have, like, like he doesn't, he's basically Christian Grey at this point. He's like, I don't, I don't do love. I don't make love, you know, whatever. Um, and he's like, I can't have you, but if you don't stop looking at me, I'll do it anyways. And he can <laughs> tell that she is, she's here for it. So she's like, do it. That's right. Do it. <laughs> and he's like, in his mind, he is battling. He is like, what am I thinking? Like, what? Like, you got to think with your head on your neck. Okay. <laughs> and he says, this just proves that you're acting different because the Bridget I know wouldn't do this. And she basically says, like, either have sex with me or I'll find someone who will. And he says, you'll be responsible for a man's slow, bloody death. <laughs> okay. Well, I like that. Um, <laughs> and she's like, what do you want? You won't touch me and you won't let anyone else touch me. And he says, I want to know why you're acting crazy. And so she basically... Uh 
she spills the beans. She's like, I'm going to be queen. And my brother's abdicating and tells him everything. And she says, I'm not ready. And he tells her, like, you'll be ready. Like, you'll be fine. He has tons of faith in her. And he tells her, like, from now until whenever they are separate, she can live her life how she wants. Um, as long as it doesn't involve Vincent House. <laughs> and so she asks, like, okay, so will you have sex with me? And he's like, that's not a good idea. And she says, it's on my bucket list. And he's like, you have a bucket list? <laughs> and this is the list. There's, there's not a lot of items on it, people. Number one, go somewhere where no one knows or cares who she is. Number two, eat, read, and sunbathe without having to wake up early or go to an event the next day. Number three, do an adrenaline-inducing activity that her grandfather will yell at her for, like bungee jumping. And number four, have an orgasm that she didn't give herself. Very short list. <laughs> not, not high demands, people. Very, very simple. He thinks to himself, like, she is going to kill me. And he's like, please just go to bed alone. <laughs> and he literally goes and takes a cold shower, and it does absolutely nothing for him. He is, he is here for Bridget. We go back to Bridget. It's the next morning. She wants to die of humiliation at <laughs> breakfast. Um, and she is like, let's just forget everything that happened last night. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Accept the part about your bucket list and ask, like, do you really want to do those things? And she says, yes. And he says he can make it happen. And she's like, does that include, like, in her mind, she's like, does that include number four? <laughs> <laughs> and he tells her they're going to Costa Rica. So basically, he has a friend who owns a house in Costa Rica. He's been there. Um, he goes once a year. And he knows it's safe. Because Bridget's like, how did you even get that schedule? Like, you always, like, triple, quadruple security check everything. How did you get that approved? And they get it approved to, like, literally only her and him go. So I'm like, whatever. So Reese asks about, like, her having a new garb when she gets back. And she says she doesn't know who it'll be because Booth has been reassigned to someone else. So she'll get another new garb. When they get to Costa Rica, like, they go out to eat dinner, um, and they go to this restaurant, and the lady's like, oh, is this your girlfriend? He's like, no, not my <laughs> girlfriend. And, like, they just walk around, shop for groceries, and she thinks it's perfect, and it's basically checked off number one on her list. When they get back to the house, he turns off all the lights so that they can stargaze, and she asks him if he had ever been in love, and he says no. And she says, <laughs> she says you're old. You should have been in love these <laughs> three times by now. And, we like, this is what we learned. He's 10 years older than her, so he's... 34 at some point he has a birth. i think he becomes 34 in this book and she's 24 mm -hmm. he's 33 at this point yeah and then when they're yeah 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 okay um and he asks her like have you ever been in love and she says no so day two she gets to lounge all day and, and do nothing so that checks off number two on her list on day three they go zip lining and so that checks off number three so the only thing she's got left is number four people <laughs> Um, and so she says, basically she's at the pool and he won't swim. So it's the last day he's like sketching. She's bathing by the pool and she literally wore like her skimpiest bikini. Like she's trying to get him to give in. And she's like, I don't know a Navy SEAL that doesn't swim. And he's like, I can swim. I just don't want to. And she says like, basically like she's trying to get him to have sex with her and she's like you know you won't even be my my guard for much longer like we don't have to tell anyone and he just like ignores her so she gets in the pool and finally he ends up giving in he takes off his shirt and he is covered in tattoos i love this <laughs> i love this man and she tells him that he should go shirtless more often and she says like you're always on the edge and he says yeah because i have cptsd <laughs> <laughs> and she asks like can I see some of your art when it's finished? And she tells him like, she'll miss him. And he says, he'll miss her. And she wants him to move back to Eldora with her. 
he turns around in the pool and she sees all of these scars on his back. So that's essentially why he never takes his shirt off. And she asks, what happened to you? And he says, my mother liked her belt. And that is so freaking sad. He basically tells her, like, I live in a bad area growing up. He was basically a statistic. His mom basically met a guy who promised to take her away, got her pregnant, ran off, and had given her a fake name. And that's his dad. So he doesn't know who his dad is. So her, his mom turned to drugs and alcohol for comfort and took all her anger out on him as a child. And Bridget literally starts crying because she's like, because he tells a story. He says, I want to tell you a story about a boy. So after he tells the story, she's like, well, I hope the boy knows that it's not his fault. And she's like crying. And so Reese wipes her tears and is like, the boy knows, like he knows. Oh. And so she starts kissing his scars and she asks him to kiss her. And he does. Ah! <laughs> okay. So we go back to Reese and he's like, she tastes like mint and sugar. I love how books are always like, somebody tastes like, what do I taste like? like peppermint <laughs> gum? I don't know. <laughs> So they are like very aggressive. This is not like slow and I mean, it's passionate, but it's not, it's aggressive. And she begs her more. He basically gets her out of the pool and they go up to her room and he undresses her and basically like tells her, um, like they're not, they don't end up having sex. They do other things, but they don't actually end up having sex. And he makes her tell him like what her fantasy is and he tells her, he says, you've got a filthy mouth for a princess. <laughs> <laughs> he literally uses her bikini, like, to handcuff her. And literally, this is the first time during this moment that they use each other's first name. So she calls him Reese, and he calls her Bridget. Um, and he also calls her a good girl. And it's amazing, and they both, well, Bridget passes out. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, back to normal. He's calling her princess again. We're back in Bridget's POV. And she asks him to move to Eldora, and he doesn't give her an answer. Her brother, um, we fast forward a little bit, her brother announces his application, and she's back in New York, and so she's watching that on TV. And she heads to Eldora, and so she immediately gets summoned by her grandfather. We learn that Reese, he said no eventually, so he is not in Eldora with her. Her grandfather wants to talk to her about her cousin, Andreas. He is a snarky sneaky manipulative little cousin of hers and we learn that he's also moving back and he's going to be staying at the palace he used to live in london and he wants to become more involved in the royal things and be reconnected with bridget and actually he is like third in line well now he's second in line to the throne mm -hmm. because of the abdication Andreas doesn't believe that a woman is suitable for the crown, she says, and as do most of the members of parliament. So the way things work over there is like all the law. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's very similar to England, Britain, whatever. I don't know. Um, you know, that's different government structures than we have over here. But <laughs> parliament makes the rules. The royals are like figureheads, basically. Um, and he also wants to speak to her about the royal marriages law. So again, they can only marry no nobles from Eldora. And she tells him, like, look, I have time to marry. And he says, I could collapse at any time. And she's basically getting pressured to marry someone. He brings up Reese. And she has a new bodyguard at this, this time. And she's like, he's fine, but it's not, it's no Reese. And her grandfather tells her that Harper Security called and said that Reese requested to come back permanently. Ah, yay! <laughs> so we go back to Reese's point of view. Christian is like basically telling him like they're even now. He had went back. He did a job for Reese that was, I mean, he did a job for Christian that he hated. And so Christian did this favor by getting him back with Bridget. Reese says he immediately regretted his decision not to go um, with her. And Christian's like, why do you even want to go? Like you hate Eldora. And he reminds Reese that you are only the bodyguard, nothing more. <laughs> 
And at this point, he's at the airport. He's in a taxi line, and a man comes up behind him and is like, oh, did you drop this wallet? And he's like, no, who the hell are you? And this is Andreas that we'll eventually learn. And so he gets back to the palace, and he finds Bridget, and she's with her friend Michaela. She's kind of her friend. Like, she's, like, the only friend she has, but she also works for her. Mm-hmm. And they're basically planning a party to for her birthday to help her find a husband. So he is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been gone for, like, four weeks, and, like, you're finding a husband. I'm confused. So we go to Bridget. Reese tells her that he didn't realize that you were looking for a husband, and she says that she's excited, anxious, and guilty all at the same time because she can tell that he's upset. She tells him that it's a ball, that it was her grandfather's idea, and it just sounded like a good idea. And she says maybe she'll do more than dance, and he pins her to the wall. And they're, like, just out in, like, the corridor, like, in the palace. Anybody could walk by. And she asks him, like, why did you come back? You walked away. And he says that um, he was far from happy to be gone and that he would have been back sooner if he could have. But they are interrupted by Andres because he's like, who are you? You're the man from the airport. I'm the owner of this house. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally, that's literally what I can hear. TikTok has melted my brain. I swear. I think in TikTok sounds. There, mm-hmm. There's nothing else. So Reese, uh, Andreas is like, what's going on here? And she's like, oh, there was something in my eye. <laughs> yeah, smooth. okay. Real smooth there. Okay. <laughs> and Reese is like, your cousin seems like a shithead. <laughs> And Reese says, I came back because I wanted to, and I didn't want you to be alone when you were dealing with everything. And we go ahead a few weeks, and she's at the ball dancing with suitors. They all freaking suck. They are literally boring. Um, She is like, she runs to the bathroom because she hasn't had a moment. She didn't even get to eat dinner. Like, she has not stopped dancing. She's like, my feet literally feel like I'm standing on ice picks. And she hides in the bathroom. She kicks her shoes off, and she just wants to go home, like, go to her room, be in her pajamas, and she misses all her friends from back home. Also, all the female guests have been hanging around Reese all night, so she don't like that either. And so on her way back, she does run right into him like a giant brick wall, and he, he tells her happy birthday and asks how the ball is, and does she like the Earl because she danced with him twice? And she's like, no. Um, and this is, when, this is when we learn that she's 24, and he turned 34 while um, he was gone those couple yeah. of weeks. So very close birthdays. Ellen is like their... PR management person Mm -hmm. does pretty much all the training and stuff, you know, for the palace. And she's pissed because she's like, where did you go? And you missed a dance with somebody and they left. And when she goes back, she dances with Stefan or Stefan. I knew I was going to say Stefan because I'm freaking vampire diaries. It's (laughs) Stefan. Whatever. Stefan. I don't care. Anyways. And like literally he can tell that she's not paying any attention because he's like, am I boring? And because she's like focused off into the distance. At the end of the night, she like, literally is like running out of there and she runs into the speaker of parliament who's like his name is earl hall and he's super like powerful also extremely misogynistic and he's like oh i missed you at the meeting i had with the king this week which she's like she goes to some of those meetings but also i think it was scheduled at a time that she couldn't be there or something like that like he doesn't really want her to be there so Mm -hmm. there's that he doesn't want her to be queen either. He says, being a monarch will take more than a pretty face, and she's not trained like her brother, and she's lived abroad for years and suggests she pass the crown to someone more suitable. He goes to, like, grab her, but Reese comes around the corner, and he runs off. And Reese gives her a present for her birthday, and it's a drawing of her, which literally makes me think about Vampire Diaries. It literally makes me think about when Klaus drew that picture of Caroline with the horse, and it was so sweet. Oh, 
we were robbed. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so he gives her a drawing and he tells her she can keep it or toss it. He doesn't care. But she calls him Reese and says it's beautiful. We go back to Reese. He's on a date with Bridget, on a date with Stefan. <laughs> and they're ice skating. It's literally like three days after the ball. And it's freaking Valentine's Day. He's pissed, of course. He says, he says, princesses shouldn't date for five years until like, until like they know someone for five years. <laughs> You're delusional, sir. And he's, he's like, it's only been four days since the ball. <laughs> he's pissed. One of the media women like comes over to him and is like trying to give him uh, her card and he's barely paying her any attention. And he like flashes back to memories of his mom beating him and he tries to like shove that back down. Stefan tells Bridget, um, cause he can hear this, that he'll be gone cause apparently his mom broke her hip. And he's going to go stay with her. Um, so when they get back, Reese and Bridget, um, Bridget runs into her cousin and he's like, oh, the king wants to see you alone. So basically Reese, but out of here. So Reese goes back to his guest house and he gets a call from Christian who says Magda is gone, which we have no idea who Magda is really, but it's who she, who he was assigned to when he was back home for like that month or whatever. And he's, can feel that, like, someone's been in his house. Like, he's staying in this guest house. He's like, somebody's been snooping around. He can't find anything that's wrong, but his gut has never been wrong before. We go back to Bridget, and her grandfather basically wanted to know about the date. Like, sir, aren't you, like, too old to be worried about what I'm doing? (laughs) And he thinks that Stefan is the one. Ellen says that they need to do another date privately that gives the illusion of intimacy, and now the media is more focused on her romance than the fact that they've been calling Bridget a part-time princess since... Her brother abdicated and she says like me and him have no chemistry and Michaela's like well maybe like when you kiss like you guys will have chemistry no like you know if you have chemistry <laughs> with someone before that so she has her next date with him they go to the botanical gardens and she plans to kiss him at the end just to see Reese is literally scowling behind them he is pissed off as usual Safan is nervous and when he gets nervous he like just he's like a snapple cap he just gives out random facts <laughs> and he like he kisses her and she says it's nice and sweet, but like it, it's nothing like when she kissed Reese. And she said it basically was like kissing her pillow. I would mount a puddle. Someone tell me. Like, <laughs> I would be so upset if I ever heard that. Oh my gosh, kill me now. Reese literally, as this is happening, breaks a vase of flowers, and he's like, "Oh, I slipped." <laughs> you ex Navy super ninja security guard. You did not break a freak. You didn't slip. You don't slip. You're too big to be slipping. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan <laughs> and her, like, they end up leaving because they announced that it's closing. And when they get to the car, it's just Reese and Bridget. And Reese says that she should keep looking. And she asks, why did you drop the, uh, she's basically like, why did you drop the flowers? And he's like, oh, I slipped. And she literally bursts into, like, laughter because she knows he didn't slip either. She asks him again, like, why did you come back for real this time? And she wants the truth because he's the only man that's ever given her butterflies. And he pins her against the car. He says he came back knowing he signed up to be not be able to touch her, kiss her, or be with her. And he, like, rubs his hand, like, up her thigh. But he can't stand being away from her. And he's not trying to lose his shit because he wants to cut Stefan's head off <laughs> and spank her for letting him kiss her. <laughs> so they're pressing up against a car and a freaking car alarm goes off. And he's like, get in the car. So it has been two weeks now. And Bridget is going on this Goodwill tour to kind of, like, boost her favorite or her votes or whatever with the community and Reese is going and then like some of the palace people and she wants to get in touch with all the people and she's basically trying to win over parliament because again they're not all supportive of her becoming queen 
So she goes and like she sees a dairy farmer and he, and he basically is like he has concerns, but no one ever listens to them. And she's like, "Have you emailed Parliament?" And they're like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, email me." And that pisses the palace people off because she's she's out there, Princess Diana, basically. Like she's the people's princess. So they get back to like this house they're staying at, and um, like Reese has been like moody this whole trip, but he tells her that she seems happy on this tour. And this is where we learn that Reese's um, father is actually Eldoran. And his mother was obsessed with Eldora, and that's why he hates it. So that kind of answers a little bit of our questions from earlier. He tells her about a mission also that he went on with his guys in the Navy, and it went bad. And basically, it also had something to do with Eldora, and a lot of his people died. So he just hates everything about Eldora, <laughs> except for Bridget. So they get back. They go upstairs, and their rooms are, like, across the hall. But, like, before going in, he says that he was always meant to find his way to her. And he says, go in your room and lock the door <laughs> before he does something. And she's like, no, of course she is. So he ends up kissing her and like he chokes her a little bit and says, what would your boyfriend think? And she says, Stefan isn't my boyfriend. And he says, I don't want to hear his name on your lips. <laughs> and he says, did you go on dates to bait me? And he pushes her into her room like because somebody's coming out of theirs. And he says, tomorrow night, meet me at this abandoned gazebo that's like a little bit away from the house they're staying at. And don't wear any panties. Whew, hot. <laughs> and she's thinking to herself, like, will this pleasure be worth the eventual pain? Because obviously they can't be together long term. Mm -hmm. So Reese is like, back in his point of view, he's like, I tried. I tried to resist. I really did. And they meet at the gazebo, and literally it's like the hottest thing ever. It's like raining. They're having sex outside at this gazebo. It's, it's everything you wanted and more. And he tells her, I just want to make it clear that from now on, you belong to me. And she says yes. <laughs> Um, and he tells her good girl because she didn't wear any underwear or he would have punished her. And um, it's so funny because, of course, they're having sex and he's like trying to like make it last. So he's literally reciting baseball facts on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, gentlemen. Whatever works. <laughs> we go back to Bridget's point of view. And basically after that point, the gazebo, like they're full on sneaking around. They are sneaking around all over the palace. She goes to a meeting with the speaker who hates her. The king, her grandfather, and her cousin Andreas. And Reese made her wear vibrating panties. And her meeting runs over <laughs> and the vibrator starts going off. So she is literally like coming apart in this meeting with all of these people. <laughs> so as soon as she like gets out of the meeting, she like runs to find Reese and he's like in her office like waiting. And she's like, I was in a freaking meeting. <laughs> and he tells her in public, she's his princess, but in private, she's his whore. Like, he has a big degra uh, degradation, as I mm -hmm. said, kink. Um, and basically it's like, you'll do whatever I, I say when I say it. And she says, yes. And so they ha like start having sex. I think it died. Um, they start having sex in the office. And literally Michaela comes because she's like, oh, crap, I forgot. And so, um, <laughs> like, Reese doesn't care. He, like, will not let her up until they're done. And um, Michaela is like, why was Reese here? Like, doesn't he have the day off? <laughs> and she starts talking down on him. Like, Michaela's a snob, even though Michaela is the, uh, the daughter of a baron, which is the lowest of the noble totem pole. But she's like, like, oh, I mean, like, he's hot, but, like, messing with the staff would be, like, so degrading. Like, she's like, girl, you're barely in here. Right. Who are you? So we go back to Reese's point of view, and they had basically got a hotel room. They said they told everybody that Bridget was taking a spa day, but it was just a day for them to, like, you know, roll around. 
And literally, Reese is sketching, and they're in the hotel room, and Bridget goes, are you going to pay me like one of your French girls? <laughs> I love that part. I love it. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, we love a Titanic quote. Um, and Bridget, this is when Bridget tells Reese about how her mom died in childbirth. And she's like basically saying like, I was an accident. If it wasn't for me, my mom would be here and she would be clean now. And, you know, they have a good like bonding moment. So as they're getting ready to leave, they're headed towards the elevator, which they're back in their normal, like Reese's bodyguard. She's princess. She's in front of them. And who do they run into? Stefan. Um, and he has a woman with him. So we switch or no. Yeah. We switch back over to Bridget and Stefan was not supposed to be in town yet. He went to go stay with his mom. And he's tells her like, oh, this woman, her name is Malin. Malin. Mm-hmm. Malin. It's really weird. Anyways, Malin. And he's like, oh, she gave me a ride back to the city. And Reese is like, I didn't like in his mind, he's like, I didn't realize Dukes needed rides. Like, <laughs> whatever. And he basically says, oh, I had an emergency. I had to come back early. So they're like, okay, but why are you at this hotel? Because this hotel is not in the city. <laughs> <laughs> and Malin is like, oh, didn't you want to ask Bridget something? And he asked Bridget if she, if she wants to be his date to her brother's wedding. And I was like, she doesn't need an invitation. What do you mean, do I want to be your date? Like, do you want to be my date? Is that what you're asking me? I'm the one that is going. Right. <laughs> but whatever. And Bridget's surprised because, honestly, she hasn't even thought about him since he left and she started hooking up with Reese. And she basically assumes that, like, he's hooking up with this Malin girl. Like, she can tell. But she's like, sure, I'll go to the wedding. And so <laughs> Reese... Reese is so funny. They get in the elevator and he goes, they're fucking. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I can tell people like, yeah, because of you two. (laughs) He's like, I can tell. (laughs) So Bridget says, well, then why would she encourage him to go out with me? And he's like, well, maybe they're in a group play. (laughs) I love Reese so much. And Reese is upset that she said yes, but she's like, I mean, I had to. She's still being pressured about getting married. And she's basically considering repealing the royal marriages law. She tells Michaela about this at a meeting they have after this. And Michaela's super shocked. Obviously, you know, she looks frowns upon non-noble people. And Parliament basically would have to vote on it. And they don't like Bridget. So that's already an uphill battle. And so Michaela's like, why do you even care about overturning the law? Because your brother already abdicated. And Bridget considers telling her, but then she thinks about how she talked down on Reese and everything. So she's like, no, she wouldn't understand. And Bridget basically says the law's archaic, like it should just go. And it's been 15 years since a law was repealed, so she already knows it'll be hard. So she spends the next few weeks working on it, and she talks to Ellen about like something completely different. And Ellen's like, oh, public opinion always affects the crown stability, which gives Bridget the idea that she can use that to change the law. So she runs into Reese, and we get a throne room scene. <laughs> it's not just... For Iron Flame, we get it. Actually, this was before Iron Flame. This is the OG throne scene. So basically, you know, she takes him to the throne room. They like hide in there. And she's like, he's like sitting in the chair. And she's like, no one's supposed to sit in the throne. But like the king or whoever's like ruling, he's like, yeah, sit in the, sit in the chair. Um, so we get a super hot throne scene. So we switch back to Reese's point of view. He is in his house or whatever and he answers his front door and it's freaking Andreas (laughs) and Andreas says he's there to help him which Reese is like help me with what and he wonders if um Andreas is wondering will Bridget be like her brother and abdicate or will he choose the crown and says it's sad that she'll have to marry not for love and Reese is like why are you telling me this and 
Andres is like, you're an American contractor who moved here for work. And he's like, yeah, like, basically the gig's up. Like, he's, the, the jig's up. He's like, yeah, I, I know. He didn't say, come out and say that, but mm-hmm. they can read between the lines. We go back to Bridget's point of view. She sneaks away from her bachelorette party for her, is it Sabrina? I think that's her name. For her soon-to-be sister-in-law. And she calls Reese. And he basically is, like, talking about how funny it is that they're, like, in love now. Well, they don't say in love, but how they're hooking up now. He's like, yeah, we went from fighting, like, cats and dogs to, and she cuts him off. Like, don't say that. (laughs) And she talks a little bit with Sabrina, who's going to be her brother's wife. And Sabrina's, like, super nervous because even though he advocated, they don't, like, shun them like they do in other countries. So he's still having this big royal wedding, and she always wanted a small wedding. And... She considers, like, how impactful the crown is on their lives and just how they don't have any privacy. And Sabrina tells her that she hopes that she can find a love like theirs, even if it is with Stefan. Reese, we go back to Reese's point of view. They are at the wedding, and the wedding is super crazy. Like, they have a huge ceremony. There's a public reception, and then there's a private reception, which still has, like, 200 people at it. (laughs) And he literally wants to murder Stefan the whole time because he's obviously the date. One of Sabrina's security come up to him, like, while he's watching... Um, Bridget and Stefan dance and he he turns to Reese and goes oh they look a good couple and <laughs> says that's too bad about the law because he would like to like have sex mm-hmm. with Bridget and Reese is like don't say another word or you'll regret it and the guy's name is Joseph he's like you take your job entirely too serious <laughs> so he goes to get Bridget and he's like oh there's an emergency like Jules is on the phone so she's like what like like, what's going on? And he tells her, like, oh, I lied. I just wanted you to get away from him. He even was considering drugging Stefan for the night. <laughs> like, he wants him <laughs> gone. And he's like, you guys were too close. And she's like, he was my date. And he forces her into this room. And he's basically like, don't say that. And so he's pissed. So, like, this, this is, like, this is, like, the hottest scene in this book. So they're in this, like, library. And they're at her brother's house. It's getting remodeled. This room is, like, mm-hmm. kind of under renovation. So they're, like, in the dark. And he's, like, he's pissed. Like, he's he is fuming. And he's standing there. He's, like, take off your clothes. And so she was wearing, like, a dress. It had, like, long gloves with it. And I think she has a tiara on and heels. And so she takes off the gown. And then she goes to take off, like, her underwear or something like that. And he's, like, I didn't tell you to do that. And he tells her to keep everything else on and then makes her crawl to him. <laughs> like, I don't know. Did you watch The Crown? No. Okay, you didn't watch The Crown. There's a scene in The Crown. I really hope this isn't a spoiler if you want to watch The Crown. It's been out forever. There's a scene in The Crown where Prince Philip, like the younger, it's when Claire Foy and that, um, I can't think of his name. It doesn't matter. The younger actors. So when, it's basically like when Prince Philip and um, Queen Elizabeth, like, are to, they're married, but, like, she's newly queen, and it really was hard for him, and so, like, they have, like, kind of, like, a, a sex scene, and he makes her get on her knees, like, because it's just something for, like, these men who are, like, super alpha men to be put in that secondary position, so then, like, when they have these, like, sexy moments, like, they can take all their power back, so it's basically that. So he literally makes her crawl to him, and um, I was like, whew, this scene is spicy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, so she does that. She takes the dress off. He, and, like, the degrading kink is so strong. And um, he's like, you belong to me. He's like, I don't give a what the, what the law says. You're mine. And, like, he rocks her entire world. She does not make it back to the party. <laughs> um, she literally calls Stefan the next day to apologize. And Michaela's like, where did you go last night? And she gives, like, the same lie. Like, oh, my friend called, like, 
all these problems, blah, blah, blah. And Michaela says, well, your cousin was looking for you, Andreas, and he said he had something important to tell you. And she had thought she had, um, that he was gone, or Bridget thinks about, like, she thought Andreas was already gone because he had said bye to a couple other people. So now she's worried that maybe he had followed her and Reese. So she checks her email and she gets an email that just says it's from like a very foreign email and she's like i'm so sorry security gods but she like reads the email and it basically says that you're it says not careful enough your highness and there's a video attached it's a freaking video from the wedding night of them in the library mm -hmm. and it's like positioned like so it's inside the room so she can tell it was already in there and no one would have known it was her but she ends up like turning her head and like the light hits and then like Reese is behind her and you can just tell it's him. Like you can tell it's them. And when she's like, basically if anybody edited this video, they could make it clear and 1000% know it's them. She does not tell Reese. So she's panicking. She suspects it's Andreas, but she also doesn't think it's him though, because she doesn't think he would wait to like mm -hmm. do something. Like he's like, once he gets some information, very upfront. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He acts on it. So Reese is like, what's wrong? And she doesn't want to tell him because he, she thinks he'll break up with her, like, to do the right thing, basically. And she doesn't want that. So she tells him, be careful, Mr. Larson. I might think you like me. Um, and they um, are, like, just kind of dancing. I think they're in the, in the rooftop area. And he says, baby, we're, we're, uh, we're so far past like or something like that. I was like, oh, my God. I my know. heart. Oh, be still, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, she wakes up, and Michaela is panicking. Like, wake up, wake up, wake up. So she turns on the Daily Tea, which is like their gossip. It's like the Daily News, or I think that's what it's called. Whatever it's called. And it's all about her and Reese. So it's not the video, but it's literally like, first it starts out with like just regular pictures of them. And it's basically like saying that they have this hidden love story. But then it shows like more like bad, like nothing yeah, bad, bad, intimate. but intimate pictures. Yeah. Like it's a picture of them when they were up against the car after that botanical gardens thing pictures of them leaving the hotel and like just things on like the tour she went on she was like a little close to him and th they're all things that could possibly be explained away mm -hmm. but also they don't look good when with the, with the story that they're spinning so she immediately gets pulled into a meeting with her grandfather ellen and then there's a guy named marcus who's like ellen's assistant or whatever he is and nikolai and they're like is it true and she says it is and her father her grandfather's like okay he's fired immediately and you will not see or speak to him again. And she says no. And she's never told her grandfather no. And Marcus is like, he's a commoner. And she's like, I have a plan. And they, um, you know, she tells them, like, I want to change the law. And they're like, the speaker, who is Earl Hall, who hates her, would have to introduce it to even get a vote. And then also they have to vote on it to pass. And, like, nobody wants to do that. And they're like, we tried that with Nikolai. And they actually like Nikolai. So... Like, it's not going to happen. And her grandfather is, like, listening to all this, and he collapses on the floor. So we go to Reese, and we learn that the king had a heart attack, and it's been four days. He's arguing with a guard. He's been fired. So he's, like, arguing at the hospital. He wants to get in. He knows Bridget's in here, and he hasn't seen or heard from her in these four days. And the guard's like, I am a royal guard. And he's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he doesn't care that he got fired or escorted off the grounds, but, like, he hasn't heard from her, and he wants to check on her. So Ellen comes out and is just basically like, you know, come on in, like whatever. And he's like, she's like, the king's room's down there. You can go. And he's like, this is entirely too easy. And she's like, you weren't going to leave. So <laughs> I might as well just let you in. 
So he goes in and he sees Bridget, like her grandfather's like napping and she's sitting at the side of his bed. And Bridget's like, why are you here? And she takes him to the room she's been staying in and he can already tell there's like distance between them. And she says, I almost killed him and he almost died because of me. I can't do this anymore. And And he says, do what? And she says, this, it has to end. No! I hate it. So we go to Bridget's point of view and she literally can see the pain in Reese's eyes and she says, she tries to like break him because she goes, it was fun mm-hmm. while it lasted. Like she tries to play it off and he says, I'm not letting you go. So she's blaming herself for everything. Um, her father, her mother, her grandfather. And Reese says, I'm not leaving you alone to deal with this. I want to be by your side. And she knows like what to say to make him leave, but she just can't. So she says, kiss me. And they end up having sex. Um, and she thinks back to like her meeting and how her grandfather, um, had told her uh told her and her brother after he collapsed the first time that if he collapsed again that he would step down so now she knows like she's gonna be queen even sooner than was planned Mm -hmm. because he collapsed again he asks her like during all this moment reese is like do you remember costa rica when you asked me if i'd ever been in love and he's like ask me again but she just she can't and she tells him i'm going to be queen in nine months and i have to get married or get engaged before my coronation and stefan has already agreed and he's like, no, like I told you, you were mine. And she says, I want to marry someone else. And he's like, don't lie to me. You don't even know him. And she says, he's suitable and you're not. And she has the rest of her life to get to know him. And she can't be with a bodyguard because she's the princess and she has to act like it. Ouch. And he says, so we're over just like that. And she wished she could tell him the truth um, and that she's lying. But all she can say to him is, I'm sorry. And he says, no, your highness, I'm sorry. And he walks out. And then Ellen comes in and says, it's done and good. And she's like, you'll see it. it's for the best. I hate you, Ellen. Yeah. You suck. So we go back to Reese. Reese gets drunk. First of all, he drinks and then gets drunk, both for the first time ever in his life. Um, he literally drank a whole bottle of, I don't remember what it was, vodka maybe. And he hasn't left his hotel in two days. He's watching the Daily Tea and he's like, it's full of lies, but it's literally the only way that he gets to see Bridget. He's heartbroken and he knew Bridget didn't mean what she said. So he hears someone knock at the door and they say housekeeping, but he recognizes the voice and it's freaking Christian Harper. <laughs> so Christian comes, or opens, he opens the door for Christian and he's like, what the hell do you want? And Christian says, is that how you greet your boss? And he goes, F you. <laughs> and Christian's like, I'm here to fix your mess. And he said that, or he tells us that Christian had basically gone off on him last week on the phone. So he doesn't even know why he's here now. And Christian says that I should fire you. And Reese is like, so fire me. And then he goes, you know what? I quit. <laughs> I love that for him. Very great. Uh, my phone broke. Okay. Okay. So Reese also lets us know like his his visa is expiring soon. So because he's no longer employed, and Christian's like, you're gonna have to leave. And he says, and Christian says, use the head on your neck and not between your legs. Or is she that good? And he like slams him up against the wall and threatens to knock out his teeth. <laughs> and Christian says, well, I never thought I'd see the day that Reese Larson was in love. <laughs> Christian says if he insists on staying that he has something that can help. He pulls out an envelope with the identity of what we learn is his father and his brother. So we skip ahead a little bit and Reese is at his brother's house and guess who his brother is? Andreas. And no, he's not related to Bridget. (laughs) I just want to make that very clear. (laughs) So he literally, see, this is why I have so many connections because he opens the door and he goes, hello, brother. And I was like, Vampire Diaries. (laughs) See, See, I knew I was in the right space. And (laughs) he can tell that Andreas also knew the information already. And he said that 
Andreas basically says, like, well, I didn't say anything to you because I'm a prince and you are rude to me. <laughs> <laughs> Andreas says that when he heard that Nikolai was going to be abdicating, he had someone look into Bridget's life in New York. And they basically, like, he could tell there was a relationship between Reese and Bridget. And that Reese basically was too distracted back then when he was with Bridget that he didn't even recognize a tale. But he said he had, like, different people following them. And then he checked Reese's background. And he found out that Reese's father and his is Earl Hall. Earl Hall. Whatever you say. How do you say his name? The, the leader, the speaker of the parliament. The jerk. <laughs> how the cookie crumbles. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, Andrea's father that was married to his mom knew that he wasn't his father. Um, he knew that the mom had an affair. And basically, both of Andreas's parents are dead, too. And when his father died, because I think his father died after his mom, like, three years ago, he had finally told Andreas, like, the truth. And so both of them hate Earl Hall anyways. They don't want anything to do with him. And Andreas says that, I don't want the throne. He's like, it's a cage. It's, uh, it's a gilded cage. He basically says he's just been pushing Bridget and trying to give his dad a chance. He says he almost told Bridget at the wedding, but it doesn't even matter um, now because he has to be, or he says it basically doesn't matter that Reese is Eldoran because he's not a respected noble because he's illegitimate. So it doesn't really mean anything. But if they can get the law changed, it might. And he wants Reese to stop treating him like an enemy. But before he agrees, Reese asks Andreas if he was the one who snooped in his guest house. And Andreas is like, no, I don't need to snoop in your guest house. I'm a prince. <laughs> so we go back to Bridget. Booth finally gets back to Bridget. So he's she's been uh, reassigned again and gets Booth back, which is one good little piece. Yeah. And she's having a meeting with Ellen and Stefan. And he, she can tell, it's about their engagement. She can tell that Stefan's been for, forced into this too. Like she can tell he's like, he's acting like he wants it, but, but he doesn't. he's not really in it. Yeah. And Ellen is like, oh, well, like, let's pick out your honeymoon location and mentions Costa Rica. And she's like, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Like, that will stay me and Reese it's forever. Special place. Yes. And she's like, the honeymoon can wait. Like, we're not even officially <laughs> engaged yet. And Ellen leaves and Stefan wants to speak to her alone. And he wants to talk about, I, I thought he wanted to talk about Reese. But he basically is like, he doesn't really want to talk about them too much. He knows that it's not her choice to marry him. But he thinks that they could be happy together eventually. And she asks him if he was in love with Malin, and he says it doesn't matter. And she tells him it does. And he, basically he says that Malin was his mother's aide, and when he first met Bridget, he was interested in pursuing her. But then when he went to go stay with his mom, he fell in love with Malin, and they basically had the same thing. Like, they hated each other, and then they fell in love. But his father found out and basically threatened to have her blackballed in the whole country if he continued their relationship so she wouldn't have a job anymore anywhere. He says that the hotel, when they saw them, was actually their last time together. And she wanted him to ask um, Bridget to the wedding t as, like, a way to let her go. Like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So, basically, we learned that in three weeks, they'll have the proposal. In six months, they'll have a wedding. And in nine months, the coronation. Like, God dang. Uh. <laughs> so, Bridget's actually excited about being queen, but she wants Reese by her side. And her grandfather just shows up in her office. Um, this is like a little skip ahead in time. And he tells her how nervous he was at his coronation and he thinks that she'll be a wonderful queen. He also says that he can tell that she's miserable and knows it's because she misses Reese. And he says that he's still pretty upset, but he wants her to be happy and that she's his granddaughter first. 
he thought that it was just casual between them, but now, like, since they've been separated, she he can tell that it wasn't, and he wants her to be happy. So she says, like, it doesn't matter. There's not enough time. I was trying to be, repeal the law, but um, he's like, well, there's nine months, and she says, but there's only three weeks until the engagement, and he's like, hmm. And she <laughs> she reminds him, like, you're the one that wanted me to break up with Reese. <laughs> And she says, you had a heart attack when I told you no. And he tells her, like, Bridget, it's absolutely not your fault that I had a heart attack. Like, I had a poor health condition. Anything could have, like, tripped me over. And he's also like, you know, I didn't delegate. I didn't reduce my stress like you and your brother told me to. And it's not your fault. So Bridget is like, huh, who is a big gun I could call? (laughs) Alex Volkov. So she calls Alex. not expecting that. Yes. We love a maniacally evil genius. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she calls Alex for a favor, and he says that he actually was expecting it, um, and he's like, what can I do for you, princess? <laughs> and basically, he owes her one because Bridget's the one who told, even though she told him at the last second, she's the one that told him that, you know, he, she, he, she knew that he was lying with the whole um, thing with Ava um, when he said he didn't love her, and he, she's the one that goes and tells him that, Ava's get on a, on a plane to London and all this stuff so he can go stalk her for two years and all that, all that <laughs> stuff that he did. <laughs> so, let's see. So, um, a little bit later, Booth slips her a note and says, read it when you're alone. But Bo- Booth is not stealthy at all. Like, yeah, he is so awkward. He's like, um, here's this note. Uh, uh, um, oh, my God. And then he, like, awkwardly, like, runs off. <laughs> like, you just drew all the attention to yourself. The note says, 9 p.m. tonight, princess, two chairs. And so she knows it's from Reese, and she's super happy he hasn't left. And she looks up because somebody's calling her name, and it's Ava. And she's there with Jules and Stella. Jules is, like, literally already raiding her closet. And Jules is like, I knew you were hooking up with Reese. And she's literally wearing Bridget's coat after (laughs) raiding the closet. And she's like, oh, and your brother is hot. (laughs) Too bad he's married. Stella's like, oh, we would have come sooner if we could have. And... They basically, like, they hang out, and they ask her to go to dinner, but she doesn't want to because she wants to go meet Reese. But she stops to talk to Alex before they leave, and she basically had Alex look into every single person in Parliament, and he gives her a USB drive of blackmail, essentially. And she asks him um, if he has a blackmail file on her, and he's basically like, yeah, but I don't really plan on using it, but hey, you never know. (laughs) Alex and and Reese are, like, (laughs) the same. And he tells her he didn't think she had it in her. And maybe she'll make a good queen after all. And she basically tells him, like, you're a dick. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> so the first person she pulls up is Earl Hall, the speaker. And dun, 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 she finds the same information out. So Reese, we go to his point of view, and he thinks that she's not coming. It's like 9.13, and Bridget's never late. And so he's like, come on, like, come on, princess. Like, I know you'll be here. And so she finally makes it and they like immediately start making out and they both apologize. And he tells her he snuck in and and she's like, how did you sneak in here? He's like, I'm an ex Navy SEAL. I do this for, I did this for a living. This is my job. So she tells him that she thought he left and he says he actually did leave Eldora for a little bit because he had to, to go back and get a tourist visa. That's good for six months. And so she's like six months and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm staying no matter how long. I don't care if it expires. Which, I mean, that's fair. Like, your girlfriend's going to be the queen. There has to be some pool there. So she tells him the whole thing about Parliament and the plan. And he's like, have you been talking to Andreas? And she's like, why? And basically, like, he kind of had the same plan. And they both realize um, at this point, like, they both spill the beans that they both know that he's Earl Hall's son. And 
basically Reese tells her like she's his and that he asks her again to ask me if I've ever been in love and she does and he says only once and then he asks her the same thing and she says only once and then they have sex on their little rooftop it's adorable I love it we go to Bridget and she holds a press conference like kind of in front of the palace and she basically announces her plan to repeal the law and she basically had like planned with the reporter to like only allow one person to ask questions. And the reporter asked her if she loves Reese and she says yes. And then they like go walk away to like kind of look like they were trying to be off camera, but they knew the camera was still on them and they kiss. So like they're, they're hamming it up. Mm-hmm. I love it. We go to Reese's point of view and him and Bridget um, go to speak to Earl Hall. He is refusing to bring the vote um, for the law change. Uh, even though like the public is basically like they are in love with Reese and Bridget. They want it to change. They want them to be together. And Bridget basically is like, can I do it? And Reese is like, do it. And so she drops the bomb that they know that Reese is um, his son. And he's like, I don't have a son. And Reese says, Michigan, summer of 86, Deirdre Larson. <laughs> and he tells her she's dead, by the way, turned to alcohol and drugs after you abandoned her. That is a bomb. And then he also has a DNA test. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm yours. I'm yours, buddy. And he tells him if, um, so Earl Hall's like, so basically if I don't open the vote and they say like, well, this news might just get leaked. And he'll, and basically there's an election coming up for his spot. So he has a very conservative backing. So they know like if that leaks that he'll lose his voting. And Bridget says, but what do I know? I'm just a pretty face. (laughs) And Hurl Hall says, even if I do bring it to a vote, it won't pass. And she's like, you let me worry about that. But the fact is, I'll be queen longer than, or long after your career is over. So it's best for you to work for me. Mic drop queen. (laughs) Reese tells him before they leave, because they get ready to go. And he's like, basically like he had built up who his father was in his head and made him this big, bad, scary monster. And um, he tells him how like he had made his mother a monster by abandoning her and that he avoided finding out who he was all these years, but he realizes that his, that his father is just a sad, pathetic little man and he gave too much power to him and he doesn't want any power from him, any money. And he considers him to be dead. Like he doesn't want a single thing from him. Earl Hall basically like yells and he like, he's like, Bridget's not the only one that hasn't been forced into arranged marriage. He's like, basically arranged marriage aren't just for marriages. Aren't just for, the, the princesses and princess. So basically he's like, you know, he was in an arranged marriage, but that doesn't give you the right to abandon your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't even like turn around. They don't give him any attention. And they don't mention Andreas because he actually has something to lose because obviously like to the public, his parents were married and that's who his father is. Mm-hmm. And if he admits that, he won't be the prince anymore. Um, so they don't tell him about Andreas. And plus, Reese is like, and I have a little blackmail over him, so he's literally Alex (laughs) 2.0. We go back to Bridget, and she spends the next few weeks working on the votes, and today is the vote. So they need 135 yays for an appeal. And she feels like she's in the room watching it on TV with Reese, and she feels like she hears her mother's voice, which, again, her mother died in childbirth, but she's, like, watched videos of her mom, so. And the voice basically says, like, you did what was right. So the vote finally comes to the last person and they get the final yay and it passes. And she jokes with Reese that maybe she can date this movie star now. And he literally like tosses her over his shoulder and says he has to teach her a lesson about talking about other men. And so they basically spend like the next day or the rest of that day like in bed or whatever. But the next morning she still has like things to address. And the first thing is Michaela. So she pulls Michaela in for a meeting and she asks her basically why she leaked the photos. So she basically had had Reese have Christian 
track down where the photos came from and they found it from Michaela's phone. And Michaela says, she said it would help you. And Bridget says, I know. And then at that time, Ellen comes in. Ellen has literally been there since before. Like she's like one of the oldest palace workers. Ellen is like the culprit and she's the one who emailed the video. So Ellen comes in and she says like, she is not apologizing at all. She's like, I wanted to scare you. And Bridget says, why did you just talk to me? And she's like, because you would have lied and just kept doing it, which facts, but also I'm the princess, not you. And she says that the reason they released the photos instead of the video is because it wasn't like as damning basically. And she's like this, I don't consider it to be blackmail because the paparazzi, basically the guy who ended up releasing the fi- the pictures is the paparazzi from the cemetery when Reese broke his camera. So he went from working at like the tabloid. He basically has climbed the social, the employment ladder. And that's also um, who had been snooping around and most likely was at Reese's house. So, she also tells um, Bridget that the camera actually was her brother's. So her brother had, had been like talked into getting security during the renovations at his house. So she basically just got into the camera and got that video. And so Bridget fires them both. Ellen's shocked, but um, you know, she leaves with grace and Bridget and she, ba- well, first she's like, you don't have the authority to. And Bridget's like, well, the King gave me the authority to. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You blackmailed me with a sex tape. I, I'm sure my grandfather would be okay with firing right. you. Like, what is wrong with you? You're supposed to be loyal to us, and you just... Yeah, like, how can I trust you after that? You'll take... Like, you have no moral line. Mm -mm. Yeah, no. So, she leaves, and then Michaela is like, I'm sorry. And she's like, basically, like, the old Bridget probably would have forgiven her, but she just has, like, no trust. Like, you were so easily swayed. And she tells her she needs time. And so then Reese comes in and she's like, you know, I really wanted to be, I wanted you to be wrong because Reese is the one who, you know, was right about everything. And he goes, when have I ever? And she goes, I do not personally get involved in my clients' lives. I am here to protect you. And that is all. (laughs) And he asks, are you mocking me? And she says that he needs to do a, a better job at teaching her a lesson. And Reese is basically like, he's like, I want, I want to be in your heart, soul, and mind the same way you're in mine. Reese is amazing. So um, we go to Reese. This is the the Fido POV. And Andreas is basically trying to teach Reese, like, which forks to use. (laughs) (laughs) Reese is like, it's a fork. You can use it for anything. He's like, oh, you're going to cut your steak with your salad fork? (laughs) So while he's working there, um, basically, also, Reese had asked him because he didn't want, like, the palace. Like, he's trying to have a brother relationship. And Bridget shows up, surprisingly, and she's like, she just wanted to thank Andreas for everything with Earl Hall. And he ends up leaving, um, and he's like, maybe you can help your boyfriend with the forks. <laughs> and Bridget tells him that him and Andreas argue like siblings. And that's really the first time Reese, like, really considered the fact that he has a brother. And um, we fast forward to three months later, and they are back in Costa Rica. They are the only ones on that trip because Reese is technically still qualified to be a bodyguard. So they don't need anybody. And um, he he did quit Christian after, you know, when he said he did. But he does, like, some freelance work. And so they go to that restaurant again. And, like, the lady is, like, there and asks the same question. And then he tells her he has a surprise. And um, basically he bought the condo that they're staying at. So the guy wanted to sell it. And then he proposes to her. I know. (laughs) The end. Oh, I love it so. Okay, so that was that was Twisty Game. So, what would you rate it? 
I rated it 4.5, I believe. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 4.5, too. I love it. Was so good. It was so good. He's so amazing. <laughs> He's the best. He's And, like, I kind of said in the beginning, so it's different than, and, like, Obviously, there was a third act breakup, but, like, the reason's different. Like, Reese never really does – okay, he can be toxic, like, in general because he's mean to everyone else. But, like, they don't ever really have a problem, mm-hmm. which is great. Like, it's not – it's an external struggle. Yeah. Um, and that's just – that's nice. Oh, it, was, it was a good one. Yeah. I – that's my favorite in the series. The other ones are not, like – they're all good, but, like, Reese Larson. <laughs> I, 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 hey, hey, I don't, I don't know what else to say. So – um, did you fan cast anybody? I did not. Okay. Um, I did actually, I'll just list them. One, I just kind of found, I like looked for suggestions and I was like, okay, that works. Um, and it's for Bridget and her name is Mia Healy. I actually don't know her. She's, is like an, probably like an up and coming okay. actress. Um, and then for Reese, I was thinking, um, I can never say his last name. Um, but Joe Mangin, yeah, whatever. His, he was married. They're not married. They're getting a divorce. Sophia Vergara. Oh, yeah. Husband. Yeah. Like, I was like, he would be a good one. I know I think Reese is white, but, you know, whatever. It's my fan cast. I can do what I want. So, okay. Oh, I love it. So, um, I'm actually super excited. Our next book is a little different. Um, we actually had an author reach out to us. Yeah. And she has, her book is being released, so it's actually an arc right now. Um, But I, you know, we talked to her and this is, she wanted it to come out around the time it was released. So our next read is The Lost Kingdom, or no, it's just Lost Kingdom. Is it though? I feel like the title page said, nope, it's just Lost Kingdom, no the. (laughs) I just like to throw a the on there. So Lost Kingdom by Laurel Black, and it's a fantasy um, novel and I currently as we're recording this I'm about halfway through it so I'm actually really I have no idea like I did I purposely don't like look and see what it is but I really purposely didn't look and see what this was about um because I like to be surprised and I've been pleasantly surprised so far like I'm enjoying it so um I'm reading on my kindle so that's going kind of fast um I'm like okay you know what this is you know I don't typically like to read read (laughs) um but I, I mean I had to for this one also, side note, I was looking at the Goodreads over your shoulder for Twisted Games, and it was like a low four. And I'm like, what are the bad reviews on that book? Because there's not flaws. Right, <laughs> let's see. Um, oh, you want to Yeah, I was like, what do people have to say? I do, I do uh, like to uh, look at the... It does have better reviews than Twisted Love, so there, there's that. I like to look at the uh, more negative reviews. Let's see. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> okay. Anyone who told me this book was good literally lied to my face. What? I literally did not sign up for a murder mystery. What? Murder what? mystery? Did we read the same book? This is right. Oh, this is Twisted Love. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I I was like, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm so confused. Okay, hold on. Try that again. (laughs) I was like, okay. All right. 4.12 stars with 474,000 ratings. Jeez. 
That's crazy. <laughs> okay, let's okay. see. What are the one stars? One star. I was going to write a full review for this, but I decided against it in the end. I don't even know how I could expand on what I say. The time jumps made this all the more unrealistic. It just added to the telling and not enough showing. That's crazy because most people always complain that, that there's not enough time in these books and that like people fall in love too fast. Um, this is not a slow burn. And I'm just picking because this is a longer review. Jeez, she really didn't like it. <laughs> she wrote like a whole thesis about it. It's um, all sexual. I mean, that's kind of that's the category. The <laughs> I'm too sappy and asexual to believe on the sexual desires with no emotional connection. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, and I, that's they did your, have your opinion. Book. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, here's another one. This book makes me rage. Reese has got to be the most boring character ever written. Personality, non-existent, bland, boring, ins- insanely annoying, present present and present i didn't feel the tension between them at all this story itself is so uninteresting that it took me months just to read halfway through he is just dirty talking all the time okay so okay so we don't like dirty talk okay why does every book talk book read like a 12 year old's first time publishing a story i don't want that okay just watch princess diaries too well, yeah, as like a true adult, I mean, come on now. TikTok, people, <laughs> people on TikTok are such liars. It is so bad. I want to give you a zero, but that's not possible. So I give you a one. I strongly disagree with this. I don't know. I mean. This was the worst book I've ever read. I hated every single thing about this book. It's unnecessarily long. I wasted my time. I should have DNF'd this as soon as I started reading. These people have long thoughts. They are writing paragraphs. (laughs) I gave this one star because of Jules and Stella and Christian. If it weren't for them, I'd give it a zero. Literally, but they were like... Not even... I mean, they were, but like not even in it. it. (laughs) I mean, hey, to each his own, I'm glad that you're reading. I just am curious as to what they were because I love this book. So... I'm I'm glad that there are people that disagree in the world because that gives us the room for dialogue. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> well, again, so that's our book. I already talked about that. So, okay. I think that's it. That it? Well, okay. So follow us on TikTok. <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on YouTube. That's terrible, but it's on there. <laughs> That'll be, that's down the road of things I got to figure out. Um. Okay rate our podcast mm-hmm. review our podcast you have a laundry list of things to do um share it with share friends share it with a friend at least one but you have lots so you should share with all of them and follow along read along if you would like to i think that's all i have for you to do i think is that it okay and if you have any book suggestions let us know yes we need suggestions all the time because yeah. it's hard to pick Okay, that's all I got. Well, talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.